It is time for the new Dan Vogler 4D Experience Podcast. Are you ready? Buckle in. Let's go for a ride. So here's the, uh, what do we call this? Is this a rant? Shit, I don't even know what the fuck this is. I'm having like an existential crisis here. This is crazy. So, you know, we're all on lockdown and basically I've learned to love this house that I've been in. Um, It's a lovely house. And the garden here is definitely a saving uh, grace about the point, about the the place. It's um, it's it's a lovely garden. It's a beautiful garden, um, and the previous owner, who was my wife's, um, her uh, her aunt, her aunt, her aunt. <laughs> Uh, she died of cancer recently, Bonnie. Um, and this was her garden. And we kind of inherited this house, you know, just as guests while we're here in the UK. It's, 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 it's really quite lovely. Um, she was a very cool lady. But she only liked it to be green in this backyard. She only liked green. And since she's gone, the gardeners have come and we've said, yeah, put some, you know, put some color, put some color in the garden. So we just started having some real lovely flowers blossoming. But there was this one, this one flower that was just this big, you know, bushy red flower. It was was like a giant rose, you know. It wasn't a rose, but it was just... Little, little off red, but it was big, you know, and it was like, wow, this, all right, this is some color here, you know, and, and uh, it was just bold, you know, it was out in the middle of everything, and, and we would admire that flower all the time, and, and this morning, I, you know, I come out and I, I feed the birds and commune with nature, constantly communing with nature, and constantly out in this garden in the sun and there's this little baby squirrel oh my goodness this this adorable squirrel that you know he's he he's been you know feels it's safe enough to come out and feed and and he, it's just amazing to watch this little guy he's so brave you know and he's so tiny and and um so I have my both of my girls out here and, and I guess he doesn't know better you know and and we were calm enough and we were just sitting here watching this little baby squirrel eat, like right, like feet from him, you know. I was like, wow, this is an amazing experience to give to my girls, you know. And I caught it all on tape, and it was really wonderful. And uh, while um, and everyone's like in a really cool mood, and and 
you know, basically while while we're videotaping, my my youngest, <clears throat> she walks over and she grabs the flower. Like she fucking grabs it and I and I'm just in shock. It's like she grabbed it by its face, you know, and just made a fist. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. And I'm seeing the petals just pouring off of this poor, beautiful flower. And I stop recording her. I stand up and I go, no. And she immediately, she realizes, you know, she did something wrong. And I, the way I reacted, it was like, it was, it was, it was crazy. It wasn't crazy. It was, it was like, it was like we, we heard an animal. I was telling her, I was like, do you realize what you just did? And she said, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. She lied. She immediately lied. She said, no, no, no. I, I said, oh, you came up and you saw this flower like this? I was like, who did it? And the older sister came up and was, you know, defending her, which was great. She was saying, oh, no, it must have been a squirrel or something. And I was like, are you sure? I was like, I have, I have a video here. <laughs> and... The youngest one was just still like, uh, no, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it because she saw how upset I was and she didn't want to get in trouble. And she just kind of walked off and I, you know, and I turned to the older one. I was like, I, I saw her do it and she's got to learn a lesson here. She's got to learn that this is not good, um, that this is life. And I went up to her and I tried to tell her in a way that she could understand. I was like, what you did to that flower. And she was like still like crying. She was like, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. I said, I said, okay, it wasn't, I'll believe you that it wasn't you, but I want you to know that what someone did to that flower, ripping off all the petals, was in my mind the equivalent, in my heart, the equivalent of walking over to one of those squirrels and ripping his tail off. You just, or someone just cut that flower's life short. And we could have been admiring that flower for a long, long time. And uh, so I'd sunk in, I, I, you know, I saw it sunk in, but I, I'd said to her, I'm, I'm gonna believe you, I'm gonna believe you. And then late, and, but there was, I was so fucking sad. <laughs> I was sad for the whole situation. I was sad for my daughter because I saw myself in her and all the times I was curious and, you know, did something stupid like, you know, ripped flowers off of an entire tree. <laughs> like playing Indiana Jones, just being all dun, 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 and just sliding down an entire cherry blossom tree. I remember that I did that as a kid. Slid down an entire cherry blossom tree with with no regard for the tree at all. I was probably 10, playing with my buddies, Indiana Jones. And my dad saw it. And, you know, his reaction was obviously anger. His reaction was, you're destroying property. You're destroying other people's property. <coughs> but I think if I saw what I was doing to that tree today, I'd... I'd I'd be in shock. I'd be like, oh my God, you just like ripped off that tree's fucking arms, man. Like you just ripped that tree's skin off. Like you, you crazy psychotic child. But, you know, it made me think about all the times that 
I did things and, and someone wasn't there to tell me. Man, that was bad. You know, and eventually, eventually, um, like, you know, about a half hour passed and my wife came out and talked to my daughter and calmed it down. And, and uh, she sat with her, you know, because she was feeling ashamed. And she's and and I went inside with the the uh, older one, and we were making breakfast or whatever. And then my youngest came in, and she said, "You know, I have something to say." And I was like, "Oh, this is great." She's like, I, "I'm, I did it. I'm sorry." I she owned up to it. I gave her a big hug, and I was like, "You know, I'm sad that you did it, but I'm happy and proud of you that you you know you came came uh, you know clean about it." And she said, "You know, and and." and the whole reason she didn't say it in the first place was because she, she thought she was getting in trouble. So I reinforced. I was like, look, see, you didn't get in trouble. You didn't get in trouble. And we learned from it, you know. We learned from it. It's okay to have, you know, emotions about things. But, I'm, you know, we don't, I don't really punish in, in my house. And um, because I feel like the punishment is like, you can see the anguish on their face, you know. The kid goes through a lot. Just learning lessons in life, you know. So I can tell she figured it out. And, and next time she'll pause before she rips the fucking head off of a flower. Um, or, you know. But then I started thinking, like, glad we caught it here. Because they're, because they're you know, like the, the bully on my block. When I was growing up, no one ever told him. No, no one ever told him, you know. Don't, that's a bad thing. Don't fucking do that. No one was around to catch him do these things. So he just kept on being curious and doing fucking sick shit. Like, he was the kind of, you know, bully that would torture, you know, stray cats and shit like that in neighbor, neighborhood and um, frogs and fucking, you know, and dark, dark shit. And, and we used to run from this kid. And, uh, but, you know, it taught us lessons, like seeing what he would do to these things. You know, you do to these creatures, you, you, there's something about learning the lessons. You know, you have to learn the lessons to know right from wrong. And it made me start thinking about society, humanity. It's big. This is big. This is bigger than, this is, this is bigger than rant. What is our core you know, emotional makeup here. And then I, I saw this thing called empathic civilization that that we're we're soft wired, you know, in our minds, we're our circuitry, we're built to be empathic um, to our uh, neighbor. If we see our neighbor get hurt or something, 99% of us will feel a twinge of that pain inside of us because we say, ooh, you know, we relate. We don't want to be in that situation. That's a bad situation. 99% of the population will help the person. Um, and then there's that other percent, <laughs> which happens to be the 1% that don't give a fuck about that person. 
they let that person suffer and they appreciate the curiosity because they had no one tell them that was wrong. So they grow up to be a bully that is um, that is accepted by society, whether they force it or you know whether they finesse it. And here we are on a macro scale. What we have a shitload of that percentage is, you know, if you take in all of humanity, that's enough people to, to wreak some havoc. That's enough sociopathic, psychotic people who are in power, who never were told right from wrong. And are masochistic, sadistic, and appreciate suffering. Uh, yeah, we got to figure out how to eliminate these people. Now, I think that's okay since they're trying to eliminate us. But I'd love to convert them you know I'd love it to be that it's the hundredth monkey theory and love wins out that if we get enough of the species on the same tip that love wins out but if there's still going to be that one percent that just I don't know if it's their fault or not but there's something in them that's still halted in that, <clears throat> you know, one to one to five year old state of mind, or let's say one to 10 year old state of mind. Let's give it a bigger window where you're supposed to learn these lessons. You're supposed to learn right from wrong. And they got away with it so much that they made a career out of it, you know, um, and succeeded in this world because most of us don't think like that you know now I think back when I was a kid and I did some harsh shit I was a bully see, see I was a bully early on on the playground because I was I was f- larger than some of the kids because I <laughs> like basically grew to in eighth grade I was like that's it that's that's as tall as I'm gonna be (laughs) so in that time between you know when I was on the playground (coughs) in my youngest years I was a jerk because I could take a hit um and keep on going and then I was you know tougher than the other kids probably and, uh, and so I tested things like, you know, I, I gave noogies and I, <laughs> you know, you, you, you test your strength. But then, of course, I stayed the same height and everyone got taller. So then I, in high school, I, you know, I, I, well, sooner than that, I started to learn my lessons, you know, which was 
I'm not, I'm not the biggest guy on the, on the field anymore. Now I'm, now I'm the fucking smallest. So I, I, I basically learned these lessons, you know, learn, I learned to be the bully's bully by the time I was, uh, I'd say, on the school bus regularly. Um, when I was riding the school bus, on that school bus, you know, the school bus drivers sometimes fucking, you know, dumb, deaf, and blind, like literally. <laughs> the school bus driver doesn't hear or see shit going on behind him, and, and you can have, you know, close to fucking, you know, murder back there. <laughs> like shit gets crazy in the back of the school bus. People beating the shit out of each other, uh, you know, slamming each other's heads into windows, cracking their skulls. Fucking kids were vicious back then. And I was the bully's bully. I would stop fights. I learned, by the time I was in fucking grammar school and middle school, I was stopping the fights. Okay, I learned that lesson then. I learned a crazy lesson about my bully, who was the most, the bully growing up on my block, who was the most psychotic motherfucker you'd ever meet. You'd be, oh man, you'd be sitting at the end of the block, I don't know, like seven years old. And he was older than us. He was always, you know, five years older than us. So you'd be sitting there playing with your G.I. Joes. And you'd see a fucking fireball at the end of the street, literally. He would have fucking... He would do a, uh, you know, hairspray... And a, a Zippo. Whoa! And you see this fucking flash of fire. And everybody just ran. You just r- run. And if for some reason you left your fucking G.I. Joes behind. You'd come back. And they'd be melted. <laughs> they'd be tortured, you know. They'd be fucking, you know, firecrackered. They'd be fucking... Um... <clears throat> Frankenstein's, you know. Uh, and he would, or he would just claim them for his own, you know. That happened a lot. But then, then he started, you know, <clears throat> as we got older, we learned many lessons from, from the bully, you know. We learned that the bully is a bully for a reason. <laughs> and the bully, this particular bully, as we got older, um, he loved to pants people. This motherfucker, he loved to pants people. You'd be in the middle of your first kiss, you know, with a girl. Suddenly you just, your fucking dick would be in the breeze. Your shorts would be down on your ankles and he'd be running off. <laughs> Fuck you. This fucking bully. And... It would just be embarrassing. and He pantsed me so many times. <laughs> and, you know, and then and he pantsed everybody. He, he just did it all the time. During the summer, you know, you had your bathing suit on. Bam, you're just staying there fucking totally naked, you know, <laughs> in front of everybody. This prick, he would do this all the time. So all the guys, all the dudes in the neighborhood were just like, you know what? We're going to get him back. We're going to pants him. We're going to fucking pants him in front of everybody. And we're going to take a picture. Okay, so... (laughs) 
So I had, um, in my basement, uh, we had, my mother had all this exercise equipment all over my basement. And we're out, and here comes the bully, and we all start bragging, oh man, this machine, you know, in his basement, we this, this thing, it's like, we can, we could lift like, bench press like, you know. 100, 200 pounds over our weight. That's because we've been using this machine so much. It's like, it makes us powerful. So we totally like, you know, tricked the bully to come in to check out the, the fucking exercise machine. So he gets down on the machine and he goes to, you know, he's on his back and he goes to put his hands up on the, on the machine, you know. And then, uh, so everyone goes, Now! And they fucking, someone grabs an arm, someone grabs another arm, someone grabs a leg, and another leg, and someone whipped his pants down. And I'm supposed to take the Polaroid picture. And I can't do it. Everybody is in fucking shock. Because the bullies, the bully had a micro penis. He had, a, he had the smallest penis I've ever seen in my life. It was... It was as if someone took a shrink ray to a normal penis and shrunk it down to the, the penis of a Smurf. You know, just like, it wasn't blue, but it was, it was tiny. I just couldn't believe that those penises existed. And everyone's just like, everyone just got it. Ah, he's running around pantsing everybody because he's trying to find someone with a smaller dick than him. And he can't. Yeah. So I didn't take a picture. Everyone was real solemn after that. He was just all, let me go. And the bully just kind of slumped off into the darkness, like, well, actually into the, you know, into the summer wind, like the fucking hunchback of Notre Dame. He was, you know, everyone knew his secret at that point. He never pantsed anybody anymore. Because everybody knew. And then... You know, then he uh, definitely got into fist fights with the guy, and and one time, um, one time I got the best of him, and and that was it. That was it. I was like, oh shit. He's not much of a bully at all, is he? You know, unless he's got his uh, his fucking hair hairspray flamethrower. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, taught one thing he taught us was how to make slingshots. That was that may come in handy in the apocalypse. Um, but um, man, what a vicious bastard! But uh, there was a reason. There's always a reason the bully's the bully. Always a reason. If they're still a bully, if they continue to be a bully, there's always a reason. And. This kid, and I'm, I'm, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Uh, we used to say this kid used to eat out of his garage. <laughs> like he always had like a nail in his mouth, like a, like, you know, a hammer and nail, like he'd have a nail in his mouth. You know, he'd always be chewing on a nail. You know, he'd always be like, you know, eating glue, you know. He always had, like breathing in the chemicals often. 
from smoke bombs and fucking firecrackers. And he was a real kid, you know. He was a fucking kid. And he reached he reached the age of sixteen. Um, should I tell this life and death story? Here's another life and death story. So, you know, here we are for some reason. We're following the bully and his pack of cool kids. And it's me and my pack of, you know, younger kids. And my older brother was with us, thank God. And the bully's just like, hey, we want to show you something cool out in the weeds. And so we go out and we're on the, like these like uh, horse trails out in the middle of suburban Brooklyn. And they're frozen over. And there's this lake. And we were idiots. And we're, long story short, we're walking across the lake. And they weren't there to fucking show us something cool. They just wanted to fucking have us walk across the ice. You know, and see what would happen. You know, so the cool kids are going. And as they're going across the ice, the fucking ice starts to break. So everybody behind them are now walking on fucking, you know, cracked ice. So immediately, immediately my older brother is like, hey, he's, I don't know, maybe, uh, let's say he's 12. He says, fucking, hey, this is bullshit. Let's get out of here. He jumps over onto the side where the, you know, onto the land, onto the, the lip there. And... Um, the younger kids kind of chicken out, and they're like, they all say, yeah, we're going, we're, we're, we can't go any further. And it's either you get off here or you go forward. So the cool kids are like, hey, what are you, cool? Are you cool or not? And, <clears throat> and you know, someone says like, dude, you're too, you know, you're too heavy. You're not going to make it to me. You know, because I was chubby kid. So that was it. Here come the chubby joke. Oh, he's too fat. He can't jump across. So at this point, I'm on this wobbly piece of ice and I have to jump from one piece of ice to the other piece of ice in order to catch up with these fucking cool kids, quote unquote cool kids. And it's the fucking age old thing. Well, if they jump off the Brooklyn Bridge, are you going to follow them? Yeah. Yeah. I was an asshole because I was like, you know, my, my older brother is standing there on the side of the land with all the younger kids and, and I'm not going to be a fucking wuss. I'm going to go ahead. And... Like an asshole, I say, fuck it. I jump forward and I fall right through the ice, straight through the ice. And I go down, I'm under the ice, I'm under the freezing water and everything's slow motion. And I go to, to put my feet down to try and kick and there's nothing below me that I can, that I can kick off of. And I'm realizing, wow, I'm in my full clothes. I'm getting pulled down. And I go, holy shit, this is what it's like. This is why people die when they hit the water. Because I was a pretty good swimmer, even at that age. And I'm, tr- I'm pushing so hard, but I'm like, between the cold and the clothes, it's impossible. You, you can't get the leverage that you need to... to So I remember getting just enough of a push up to the surface 
to try and grab something and, and pull myself to no avail. And I get one sip of air in, just one tiny little sip of air in, and I'm going down. I'm sinking down. I'm like, this is it. I'm dead. I'm the stupidest kid in the earth. I can't believe I'm going out like this. And I can hear the bullies laughing. The bully is laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, the only thing that's keeping me conscious at this point is my rage. I'm so angry that I'm dying like this. And then I see my brother's hand come through the, the hole in the surface of the water. And the next thing I know, I'm hovering over land. My, my brother had an adrenaline rush. That I, I witnessed this. He had me by my hair. He had grabbed my hair and he pulled me out of the water and was, and was walking with me. Okay, walking home with me. With, uh, my, he, my feet were not touching the ground. So my brother had an adrenaline fucking rush. And it took me screaming at him to tell him to let me, to drop me. He finally dropped me. And he was in shock. And, he, and all he, he just kept on saying, I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. And he was basically just taking me home to my parents to show that I was dead. But I, he just, his, he, that's what his flashed before his eyes. And because of my rage at the bullies laughing at me, because of my rage at myself, almost dying like that, and because of my, the rage at my brother, <laughs> uh, uh, not for saving my life, <laughs> which I, you know, thank God, Thank, thank God he did that. <laughs> thank God he had that adrenaline rush. But um, I was pissed that he was walking, you know, <laughs> with my, my, dragging me by my, by my hair. <laughs> and all that rage combined got me into my house. I, started, I just started walking. I left everyone behind. They were like, where the fuck are you going? I was like... There was, there was like a fight or flight thing in my body where it's like, if you don't get inside right now out of the wind, get all this fucking clothes off. Get all the clothes off. Like I just knew. I, I, I hadn't learned it. My body was just telling me, you have to get all this shit. And it was also like, this has to be covered up. I put everything. My mother's going to hear this and be like, what? Um, she learned so much on this podcast. And put all the wet clothes into the dryer. Boom. I was like a zombie. <laughs> Put everything in the dryer. Next thing I knew, I was in the fucking bathtub with the fucking hot water running. Just with my, with my limbs underneath the hot water. Just, just trying to get the feeling back. Trying to get the feeling back. And then when I started to feel um, the hot water, which was after a little while, that's when I just sat back and took a bath. And, and my brother covered for me. They were like, why is he taking a bath? Yeah, <laughs> my mother doesn't sound like that. Uh, <laughs> um, my brother was like, ah, oh, nothing, nothing, nothing happened. It was just, uh, we were just cold outside. We wanted to get warm, you know? And my, my brother, I probably, because my brother was like, I almost, that I almost died on his watch, you know, that probably hit him hard. So he was happy that I was still alive. That's another lesson I learned from this bully, you know? It's not always cool to follow the cool kids. It may cost you your life.
life and death. The last lesson I learned from this kid. My dad's a doctor, and they they uh, we hadn't seen him for a while. You know, we started hearing that the bully he was sick for some reason or another, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah," because he was constantly eating out of his garage. You know, <laughs> whatever. And then we started hearing, you know, real serious shit. He's got fucking, you know, Hodgkins, you know, and he's got cancer. And all the kids are crowded around one day. It's summertime, you know, we're playing outside. I don't know, I, I, you don't see this anymore. Fuck, it makes me sad. We were all playing around outside. Football outside, you know. Car, everyone gets out of the way. Car goes simpler times. You know, kick the can, shit like that. No one plays outside anymore. It's too dangerous. Fucking crazy. Learned a lot of lessons. So we're sitting there. And... Here comes this car, rolls up, and out comes the bully. He's 16 years old. And he looks like he's 80 years old. He's been ravaged. He's got a cane. There's no hair. He's walking with his hip out to the side like he's an old man. And he just wanted to see the fucking... He just wanted to see the block for the last time. And for that one day, all the kids gathered around and they patted him on the, they patted him on the back, you know, and they were like, hey, it's good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you. And for that one day, He wasn't the bully anymore. He was just a kid. He was... And he was... His life was... Ending. And... And he didn't treat us like it, but... Our whole lives, but... It, it, in that moment, we were his friends... told stories I think it was maybe fucking maybe an hour and then he had to go and he died soon after that and these lessons have stuck with me my entire life you know Bully's a bully for a reason. The bully is a is human. And uh, fuck. 
I just want to believe that it doesn't take dying and death and destruction to realize our mortality and our humanity and our connection. I don't know what it'll take. I don't know what it takes. But these lessons have to be learned, you know. These lessons have to be learned. And uh, if you don't learn them, you're not a complete human. You're not a human. And I think it's a lot, a lot of it has to do with energy and the energy that you carry with you that you have inside of you what kind of energy do you have inside of you is it light is it dark is it is it angry is it fearful and if you keep that energy with you for years that dark dark energy guilt Fear. You're goddamn right that gives you sickness. It, it, it eats away at you. If you're mean, you're, you become acidic. And, uh, you know, you, you project that energy out to the universe and the universe says, oh, let's give that person more of that. The universe reads energy. It reads emotion, it reads vibration. So you're vibrating negatively and you're wondering why the fuck things aren't going right so you keep vibrating negatively, the universe just reads that and says, yeah, let's tune him into that station. You know, let's keep her on that vibe. That's what they want. And it's so easy just to switch it. It's like a light switch. Turn the light on, man. Turn the light on. It's your decision. You turn the light on, and then it's like a magnet. Now, what do I mean by that? By that, or turn the light on. Love, baby, love, man. You choose to love yourself. You choose to forgive yourself. You choose to forgive your fellow man and woman. You choose to to love the human race. That's so much more powerful than the, the power of, of darkness and meanness. Chaos and corruption. Pain. Healing, man. That's the wave of the future, baby. All right. Let's, uh, what are we going to talk about now? Hola. Yo. What's up? How you doing? 
I'm good. I'm good. I just I've never done this conference call thing, and the the lady on the thing was like, "Please announce yourself." <laughs> I like that. I like that. I felt very uh, well. <laughs> you did very well. <laughs> Thank you. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm ah, shit. I'm 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 a little frustrated because. I'm just like looking at the headlines and um I'm worried about Minneapolis, I'm worried about New York. Um the riots going on in Union Square there. Did you hear about any of this? Yep. And I'm trying to wrap my head around how to um I don't know, man, to get to get people out of the trance because it's like everyone forgot about, okay, on the microcosm, I mean, it's a huge microcosm, but mm-hmm. it's like everything that Martin Luther King Jr. taught and died for, it's gone out the window. It's like no one even remembers peaceful protests. And I understand I'm not, you know, I'm a white guy. I'm a, I'm a white Jewish guy uh, from Brooklyn or whatever. And, and I'm, uh, and I have, you know, in my history, in my ancestry, there's been oppression, obviously, but nowhere, I, I don't have that current tangible knowledge of what it's like to be walking in the shoes of a, of a black person today. And, and I, and, so how do I tell people don't fall for the trap? <laughs> you know, don't don't slip into violence with and and all I'm getting back is you know shut up you're white you don't understand. And I'm just I mean, seeing this. I'm just seeing it unfold, and I'm just like we're. I feel like we're just. It's like exactly what the powers that be want, so they can say. We have to lock everything down further. You know what I mean? I think, oh man, but I I don't know. There comes a point where, I mean, there's different ways to view it. Obviously, there's like, oh man, I just, you know, I think I about know, the I'm sorry to hit you with this. I'm hitting, I'm hitting you with the deep stuff right off the bat, but this is what's on my mind. And, and here's yeah, the yeah, thing: yeah. is that my thing is that. Yeah, change, absolutely. I'm for change. I'm for fucking justice. I'm for revolution, peaceful revolution. But uh, how do you warn people without them attacking you? You know, for it's like people, I don't know, it's like how, how do you... I just I just see the big picture. I see this as classic divide and conquer. You know, if we're fighting amongst each other, then we can't possibly put our energies toward protesting the big picture. Um, and the big pic- what do you think the big picture is? There are ways to protest. You want a revolution? You want to have a fucking revolution? 
than organized, man. Like, can you imagine if the reaction to this gentleman dying by the cop crushing his fucking windpipe, if, can, can you imagine if people reacted by, by um, silence? And the and the and the cops are just like, oh fuck, what the fuck is gonna happen? Well, and well, then the they come is, back organized, not chaotic, organized, with triple the amount of people, of all shapes and sizes, of all different colors, and they march in Minneapolis and they fill that fucking police station to but, the brim with love. Yeah, the, but the, I don't the, think. The cops have no reason to, to – they they're giving them a reason for martial law. That's the big picture. That's the big picture. That's what I'm worried about. They want to control us. This gives them a reason. What are you saying? What do you think? Um, well, first of all, I think there have been peaceful protests in the past. And I just – Oh, yeah. You know, I, I just – I mean, there's no time to organize because it's, it happens so frequently, you know, that it's like, and, and the pot gets hotter and hotter. And I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you get pushed and pushed and pushed and, you know, it's, if I'm standing, well, it's not letting out the steam. It's just that that's what they're they're being given with the the, the police brutality, you know. And it's like so. How, uh-huh. So do I just shut up? I mean, do I just not acknowledge? No. Like, what do I do? No. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm thinking, you know, this is not the same um, situation, obviously, but in Puerto Rico, I don't know if you remember the protests last summer, right? Um, where, you know, these chat logs of the governor with his, you know, people of his. Um, political party leaked out and and at one point he's calling women sluts um he's making homophobic remarks um and he also at one point says that he wish he wishes the vultures could eat the dead bodies of the people from the hurricane so he wouldn't have to deal with them um so you know yeah, yeah. So, among other disgusting things, um, so people people took took the, to the streets, and they were there were people who weren't peaceful who decided to, you know, burn like uh, like huge trash cans, like set them on fire near the Capitol building and all that stuff, but there were also people who were peaceful. And this 
this um this protest lasted like I think about two months basically. And there was one time where they filled the highway, like one of the biggest highways um, in San Juan, and they filled it with millions of people, like on a Monday morning. So they stopped all the traffic. Nobody could get to work. And they just marched. They just marched. And they did it in the next to the Capitol building in old San Juan for weeks. And... He, they were asking for his, um, for him to quit, um, to renounce his position, and I think that's the word re- renounce, right? Renunciar, I think so. Um, but yeah, yeah right. they wanted him, um, they wanted him to quit, and after a week, he did. He had to, he had to make, <laughs> he had to make a, a video saying that he was gonna. He was going to quit, and immediately he left town um, and fled to, like, Florida or some shit like that. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, so I'm just thinking, but, you know, that's not the same case. This is, this is, this is bad because this is thousands of men who have been killed, men and women, you know? So, you know, I can't compare. I have nothing... I, you know, there's no comparison. Um, I'm just checking in. What I've been doing is just checking in on my friends from the African-American community, just calling everybody up and just listening to them, you know? Sometimes, you know, I remember when the hurricane happened and um, my uncle afterwards, we were very close. And for a while, I didn't call him because I was in New York and I didn't know what to say. Like, what do you say to somebody who's just been traumatized for life? There's no power. There's no water. It's been a month. It's been two months. Like, what do you what do you say? Like, and and that was so egotistical of me to think about my own needs in terms of like, well, what do I say to a person who's going through that? You know, and so my uncle is very cool, uh, very good at calling me out on my shit. And so finally I called him like a while later and he was like, I'm actually really disappointed in you. And I was like, what's up? What what happened? And he's like, you didn't, you didn't call. And I was like, well, I called once. He's like, no, 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 no. I don't care about that. You didn't call. And I was like, well, I didn't know what to say. And he's like, oh, you didn't know what to say. And I was like, I I didn't. I'm sorry. And he's like, I didn't need you to say anything. I needed you to listen. And I was like, shit. I was like, fuck, man. He's like, you don't, why are you caring about what what you're going to say, what you're not going to say? And that is egotistical. That is like me thinking about my own what's the best thing I could say to a person? You know, it, sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes it's, about, it's just about showing face and, and being there. So I'm just calling everybody up and, and seeing what they need, you know? That's just been my, my take on it right now. Yeah. And really asking what they need and... Just being an ear. 
and an ally. Um, I, 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 I support that. I totally support that. But I, I just, ha- I'm so, I don't know, man. I, I just, <clears throat> I've been through, I, I, 9-11 happened, and I was. Were you there? You, were you there? Blo- yeah, one blocks away from 9-11. And ever since then, I just, I just question how events play out and, and narratives mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and people using horrible events um, for their for an opportunity, for an advantage to steal to steer the entire collective toward not justice but some other nefarious purpose, which is what I'm seeing here. I mean, you, you have, okay, and and you know, I, I just, I don't know, I, I, this whole thing seems so goddamn convenient. I'm, a, I'm a conspiracy theorist. This yeah, I was horrible. actually, yeah, I was this talking to my friend yesterday yeah. about that. Um, and I mean, listen. You can think of a ludicrous or not. I don't. Well, go ahead. No, what are you going to say? I was going to say, just to finish my thought, there are groups like, with groups like Antifa out there, who, um, there are these groups that are, you know, someone hears that, uh, oh, there's a riot. They fucking send these people in to heat it up to, to turn up the dial to make it more violent. To yep, steer that's it in happened, a, in a yes, way. That's happened yeah, in Puerto Rico. Okay. And I don't know if it's the same group, but sometimes um, when there were protests because of the university uh, a while back um, and of the local university and those students really fight hard for, for the education in, in Puerto Rico and by the way, I talk a lot about Puerto Rico. That's where I grew up um, my whole life. I left there when I was 17 to go to school in New York. But um, I remember in those protests, sometimes people from the opposite party, political party, or people from who are opposing the viewpoint of the students <clears throat> actually infiltrate those um, those protests and actually do violent um, acts, um, perform violent acts so that people will think that it's the students. So they're the infiltrators too, you know? We can't rule that out in, in certain conditions, you know? Yeah. But I, I, here, it, yeah uh-huh. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, is that what you were referring to, sort of? Yeah, I'm just saying stuff like that. Here we are. When I say it's convenient, we're in the middle of a volatile um, almost being able to step out of this um, soft martial law situation we're in. This is this is what you call a soft martial law. This is this little lockdown we're in, um, and we're trying. We're we're just at the precipice of trying to ease up on it, and then this happens. Um, and if you don't. If I don't, I don't know what I would do, but I'm trying to 
create a hypothesis here, you know, where I'm just like, if I was in their shoes and I saw, fuck, is it, do I, do we give them more of a reason to lock us down even more? Or do we find a way to get around the system? Because this is, this is what, this is what they want. This is just playing right into their hands. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I just come from a conspiratorial, <laughs> you know, paranoid point of view here. And only because a lot of these conspiracies nowadays, they're, they're coming true. Let's, uh, let's steer away from less, from the darker things and <laughs> let's talk more about wait wait right right before that sorry if that's okay if yeah. it's okay um yeah, yeah. my friend i was talking to my friend and um he was saying that apparently there's already like a COVID 21 and a 20 and a and uh all the way to 26 have you heard about that oh man i ain't surprised <laughs> You know, all all this shit has been patented. COVID nineteen, there's a patent. The, the 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 fucking vaccine for it is patented already. Like you can't you can't do that shit unless you know it's coming, man. And so I'm not surprised. I'm sure there's uh, all sorts of stuff planned. You know, it's like um, if it's all about control, and it's all about the power to hurt us like cattle, um, then, you know, that's, that's what's happening, man. (laughs) It's just just happening. And it's, we're being cattle prodded by fear. Um, and man, we're just in this, we're in this, uh, where are you right now? Well, I'm in the UK right now. Are you? Are you? Where, where are you? Um, at? I'm in Texas. <laughs> okay, so you're right. Right in the heart of it. I'm in uh, Texas, man. I'm in Texas for a little bit. Um, why did you? Why did you plan to go there? Well, I was in Washington, and I was in the. Uh, I'm a writer too. I'm a playwright. That's what I went to school for, and. Uh, I was in the second week of rehearsals for my play that I was also acting in, in Washington. And we were second week of rehearsals and then all of this, you know, happened. And so we canceled the play and, uh, and I had the option of either coming to Texas. My parents left Puerto Rico after, like they didn't leave Puerto Rico after the hurricane, but a while after the hurricane, um, they decided to move close to my brother, and um, he's over here. So my parents were like, you should come over here and instead of going to New York, because my apartment's in New York. And so I was like, well, what the hell? I don't know what to do. And so my mom was like, you know, if we get sick, you would want to be with us to help us. And if you get sick, we want to be with you, you know, to take care of you. And I was like, you're right. So I came here. So I've been here since like 
March, March 18th or something like that. Yeah, how how come you're in the UK, if I may ask? I was about to sh- uh, start shooting um, Fantastic Beasts 3. So I was, oh, like, man. on my way to the first day of shooting, all oh, shaved God. down with my mustache. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they turned me around, man. And I've been here waiting ever since. So basically... We're supposed to start shooting again in July, which means that we would start shooting when we were supposed to be ending. So I've just been, I've just been chilling here, uh, fucking waiting it out. It, it's, uh, Are you able to be with family I mean, I, at least or somebody? Yeah, I've got my family here. Thank God. If okay, I was cool. alone, it would have been, that would have been know, crazy I, if I was by myself. It would have been like yeah. a hermit. I don't know. I I don't know how people are doing it by themselves in like a, a New York apartment with like one fucking room. Like I I I, I can't understand that. I yeah. Anyway, I, 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 I let's 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 talk about you for a second because you okay. Let's talk about your name for a second. Is that your real name, Paolo Lazaro? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's your real name. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, okay. I was like, she. I was like, she's a writer, so she must have came up with this name. Because no, it's, no, 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 no. It's, it's very. Do you know what it means? It's Lazarus. Okay, so your last name, yes. Okay, so Paola means little, right? And your last yeah. name means Lazarus. Little Lazarus. <laughs> your name oh, is Little Lazarus. I hadn't thought about that. Okay. Why is your name prophetic? Um, well, who is Lazarus? Lazarus. Well, Saint he rose Lazarus. From the dead. Yeah. He rose from the dead. And your career is rising how? From the dead. <laughs> because of the walking dead. <laughs> That's right, mama. Oh, shit. That's crazy. That's I just crazy. thought about that. I was just like, I love it when people... I mean, that's just my... That's me projecting onto your name, but I love it when... Somehow things kind of, kind of you know work out like that. I know, people's names, I know. People's, people's names become prophecies of their of their lives. It's crazy um, because... Little, yeah. It's crazy because I actually feel very close to that. You know, I... In terms of my last name, I... I, I lose myself every... every once in a while. And then I, a couple, some time later, I rise back up, and it really does happen to me constantly, you know? And I realized that last year, and I was like, fuck, I'm just like my last name. I'm just like it. I lose myself, and then I rise back up a couple days later, and then I die again, and then I come back up, 
and you know it's it was crazy but my my long name my long hispanic name is paola elisa lazaro muñoz so it's like <laughs> it's a long ass name uh, my middle name is okay elisa. yeah i was going to ask if you had a middle name i couldn't find anything else yeah elisa wow well you have yeah, to uh you should you should figure out the entire haiku of your name you know I everyone's know, got this I know. like um, beautiful poetry. Yeah. Little Lazarus. <laughs> Little Lazarus. I, I love that. That's got to be the name of your, you know, your a movie or a play or something you write. Yo, definitely. I'm going to do that, yo. I haven't been writing during this time. I, uh, no? I just been, no, I've just been, like, rapping and doing music. I'm trying to write oh, okay. this album which I've never wow. done before. Yeah, I've never done it before, but I'm like, yeah, I, I got nothing to lose. What the fuck? <laughs> so I'm just like, I always wanted to do it. So, you know, uh, some tracks are like um, 90s style slash 85 to 90 style rap, hip hop. And then some tracks are spoken word. Um, and Can you... Yeah. Can you sit... Can you send me a song to, or like a sample of something that I can put at the end of this wow, uh, podcast? Wow, I haven't shared it. I haven't shared it, but okay. I should. If I you should. want to. Yeah, I should. Just, just um, a taste, you know, like, a, just a, like an outro. Yeah, yeah. Have you been writing? Yeah, nonstop. I've just been tying up all sorts of loose ends, finishing stories that have been on the back burner and yeah, nice. I just yeah, um, and doing podcasts like nonstop podcasts because I find it helpful to talk to other people outside of my wife and See. little children. <laughs> I need, I need, I need adult contact. <laughs> oh, I di- I didn't know you had kids. I do. I got two little girls, uh, Edie and Franny. Um, nice. Eight, yeah, eight and four. That's crazy. Oh, you man. Want to hear something? You want to hear something crazy? Right. Um, so, there's just, there's just a lot of eights and fours going on in my life right now where I turned, I, I turned 44 this year. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, it's 2020. Okay. Two and two is four. You guys, yeah. my 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 wife is turning forty. <laughs> my youngest wow. is turning four. My, my youngest is turning four. My oldest is turning eight. I mean, wow. it's just like it goes on and on. It's just like reinforcements of fours and eights, and um, the uh, my address is eighty-eight. It's like <laughs> it's like what is going on here? Uh, I, I actually want to get into that with you if you've had any kind of synchronicities or, you know, strange um, things that have happened. But um, I just want to just do a, a recap. So you were in New York. You did the public theater thing. You were at your Atlantic Theater Company. I, 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 I came out of Atlantic Theater Company, too. That's how I got my equity card. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, I, shit, um, they did my first play over there. 
awesome. Yeah, I my first professional gig was a show called Joe Fearless, uh-huh. and that was at the Atlantic Atlantic Theater Company, and and that's who, who yeah, wrote that's it? how I. Um, Liz Tachillo, who uh, went on to be a big writer on Sex and the City. And um, wow, who directed? Yeah, do you remember? Oh shit. Uh, do, 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 Joe, it's, I forget his name, but um, it was uh, yeah, it was like 2000, so that's 20 years ago already. Jesus Christ! Wow. Oh my God, it's that's I, a long I didn't, time. You do not look 44, bro. I thought you were like 35 or something at most. Well, I. I appreciate that. I got the, <laughs> yeah, I got good genes, man. I got, I got, I've always had a young looking face, you know, and, um, but I know I'm going to hit 50 and just fucking Brando out. I'm just going to be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deflate, like, I'm going to look like, like, I'm going to look like a diva. Um, <laughs> so you, I love so how many plays you how many plays have you written? Like a, like a, like a ton. Like you're. I have not a ton. Like I have some that I've started. Like I, let's say in total, I have like five. Um. That's a but, lot, uh, and, and you and you have them produced and and right. Not all of them. Um. Just okay. I had um. Tell Hector I missed him produced, and that was a twelve character play, <clears throat> and that was at the Atlantic on the second stage. And then my next production was going to be stage, this year. Second stage, huh? Is that what you said? Second, did you say second at, stage? Yeah, but it was at the Atlantic second stage. So they're smaller theaters. Oh, I see. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but then I started acting a bunch. And I I did a revival at Signature Theater of one of Stephen Adley Gerges' plays. Do you know his work? And it's, and how did they and and how did the the Walking Dead folks see you? I mean, was this an open call? Like what? No, how did no, no. <clears throat> I was. Uh, <clears throat> I had. I did a couple of, uh, episodes on Lethal Weapon, and then I did an episode on Smith, like two episodes on Smith, for uh, Showtime, and you know I have been around like auditioning and stuff like that and then I got <clears throat> sorry my agent sent me uh an audition for Walking Dead for this character and you know they they auditioned out of me out of uh LA so I was in New York so I sent this sent in a self tape and a little bit later I got a call back and they sent a different scene which was much more vulnerable and less like wacky self-defense mode that she has, which is like comedy and being kind of childish. And so basically the, the second callback, the callback scene was like all of that veil had fallen and all of that, those defense mechanisms were out and well, she was just real. And um, yeah, so I did that and it just so happened that uh, the casting director was in New York that week for Memorial Day. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, it was a year ago. Holy oh. shit. 
Congrats. <clears throat> Thank you. So I worked really hard for it, and then I went in, and she happened to be there that for like a couple of days in New York, so I got to do it in person, and and then I had to wait a while, and then, you know, they said, yeah, that they wanted me to play the role, and I, I fell to my knees. I was like, it, oh, man, I have worked so hard for it. I've never worked so hard for it. I mean, I don't know. It's one of the things that I've worked the hardest for was that audition. I didn't, I didn't leave my house. I, I had that paper with the sides in the shower, in the bathtub, everywhere, everywhere. So yeah, that's how that happened. Crazy. Are you having fun with it? Are you? Oh yeah, yeah. It's been a yeah. blast, man. Yeah, and everybody's uh, been so welcoming and and kind and it's just a all around like good vibe and um and I'm very thankful for it and excited for it and yeah how did you um because you started like two three seasons ago yeah so I was in uh season nine so um yeah I basically Yeah, nine and nine and ten, and hopefully uh, eleven. Knock on wood. Everybody, if everything yeah. goes okay, um, I um, yeah, I, I was doing fantastic beasts, and I was I basically said to my agents like, find me something in television that's you know the opposite of what I'm doing now. Do you know something real dark and um, and so they. They came to me with uh, Luke, um, and I just said, yeah, because I'm a fan of the comic book. Are you a fan of the comic book? Well, I didn't know uh, it was a comic book before all of it. So then I delved into... Your character is very special. Yeah, your character is kind of like... If if The Walking Dead is um, Apocalypse Now, then you're Dennis Hopper. Okay? I love that. That's a huge fucking huge character. You're the wacky but you but you you're the you're the you you're the wackiest one, but you're also the wisest one. Um, which is like the fool in Shakespeare, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're the one, yeah, you're the one who, but, um, is surviving somehow and is fucking, just keeping their yeah. fashion sense, you know, while everyone else is losing their fucking head, you know. <laughs> no, it's also like the character that you disregarding, you're like, oh, no, 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 this person's crazy, this person's crazy, yet exactly. you when you sit down, you're like, wait, how did she survive for a year? If she's that crazy, she must she must have done something, right? You know? If she survives yeah. alone. Um, but, what's yeah, no, the, and then the I... reaction? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I uh, delved into the comics, and, and I saw all, t- all the seasons in, like, two weeks. And I stopped. 
And I was like, oh, wow, I'm excited about this even more. I would just get more excited about it by the episode. So what were you going to say? I was going to say that character, just like Dennis Hopper, is the it is the herald of the at least in the comic books she was she was the herald of the end times of the comic books essentially her yeah. her appearance um was the last chapter essentially uh so i don't know what what they're going to do for the i don't know what they're going to do for the television show they may go on for a long time but I'm curious if they're thinking about wrapping it up next season or well, you know, they're 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 spinning off movies and and all sorts of mm-hmm. other, you know, <clears throat> Fear the Walking Dead, all sorts of other shows. But um I'm just I'm just it's just it's it's a major pivotal character in the series. Um so and I'm I'm so excited that like the it's like they kept the look, you know, and yeah fucking How's that machine gun? Like that that looks powerful. Man. How is that? It's heavy. It's heavy and I lift the weight for it and <clears throat> and uh and the armor was so excited when he saw that I could carry it. He <laughs> he said something, you know, he's from the south, so he was like, I'm glad you're not a skinny vegan. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm glad you're not a skinny vegan who can't carry her weapon. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with vegans, man? <laughs> but uh, he was just, he was just pumped that I could carry yeah. the gun and and that I could shoot yeah. it, and you know, uh, so so that's been crazy. Um, did they take you to yeah. like a range or something? Did you learn how to? No. Did you learn how to shoot? Yeah. Are you a good shot? Are you are you a good marksman? Um, well, I hadn't shot a gun before, so right. we we did weapons training in the fields of the set. Like you know, they have like so much acreage and so yeah. much space. So they trained me over there, and and it was awesome, man. It was it was very safe and very very serious. It's just so serious. It's like no jokes, yep. no laughing. Everything is so structured, and I appreciate that for the safety and and the safety of the coworkers. So it was very, very intense and very, very structured and serious, which I appreciated. I'm curious how next season is going to be. I know, man. What? Yeah. How everything's going to be affected by. Yeah, so you're going to be shooting July to when? Yeah. Let um, me ask. Yeah, probably July till the holidays, you know, and then take a break. And maybe, fuck, I don't Maybe I'll be able to squeeze out a couple episodes of The Walking Dead. I don't know. I don't know when they're decided to start up again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My, You know, my everything's been everything pushed back. Yeah. So um, for sure you're starting shooting in July. That's the that's the rumor. That's the rumor. Gotcha. So I heard that Hollywood's opening up. So Really? We'll see what happens. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then we'll be like a couple of weeks behind that in the wow. UK. Oh, um, wow. So you're in I've October, never been to baby. the UK. No? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you dig it. No, I have You haven't. dig the UK. I think you'd like you it. Up. It's like, uh, it's like very, uh-huh. it's like uh, cleaner and nicer New York, essentially. Politer New oh, York. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Politer, um, you said? Yeah, politer. <laughs> <laughs> politer and less polluted. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you're in October, baby. I'm in October, I, I, I'm October 20th. That's uh, Libra. And oh, you're, wow. October 24th. I'm oh, such a Scorpio. Yeah. I am. I am it's um, disgusting. <laughs> so let's get into the whole numbers thing, though, the because we just started talking about, it. and then let's let's kind of I want to slip into uh, a section here, which I call Tales from Beyond the Veil, just because I feel like, and you already kind of said that you have had some interesting synchronistic yeah. spiritual out of this world things things happen to you. So the first thing, just okay, October baby. So, you know, so do you know that the calendar has been manipulated and the language has remained the same in the sense that October is the 10th month, but in every single language, octo, octopus means eight. eight. Oh, man. what the fuck are we doing here? Yo, I never thought about that. September sept is seven. It's seven. That's the ninth month. What's the tenth month? What? Deca. Deca is December. Deca. No, that's the twelfth month. What the fuck? Oh shit! What is going on here? <laughs> wow. And Wait, what a mind fuck. Yo, <laughs> I just realized. Check this out. Yeah. Your thing with eight, with eight and four, I yeah. was born October 24, 88. Oh, fuck. So that's octo, two by four, eight, 88. Holy Whoa. shit. Okay, that's no. nuts. Cause why would I even bring that up? Okay, that's okay. So, <laughs> my question is this: Let's just get right to it. Unless you have any uh-huh. like other funky stories that you want to tell off the bat, but I no, go ahead, wondering go ahead. because you spent time, uh, you spent time in Peachtree City in Atlanta, just like all of us at that hotel <laughs> at the. Yeah. At Freaky Peach Tree City <laughs> Conference Center, yeah. dance hall, and extravaganza, smokers board, or whatever the fuck that place is, it's like a million hats. Yeah. That, place. that place is really? already. That, that place is pretty haunted. It's like the shining, you know, disco cousin. But uh, I am wondering if you saw any ghost activity there, any UFO activity there. Um. 
I remember you mentioned that one night we were all hanging out, but I didn't. Or maybe I wasn't okay. aware that it happened around me. Um, okay. But I had some... I I had some pretty dark moments there. I'm not gonna lie. I had yeah. some pretty um, yeah, like life questioning moments, and and uh, I was very lonely. I was very lonely, and uh, and I found myself not knowing what to do with myself, you know, and and anxious and stuff like that. Um. <clears throat> that's so where God comes in handy. Man, <laughs> I don't know if that's what if, I. Yeah. yeah, I used to a lot, and then I, I don't know. It kind of phased out for me for some reason, but sometimes I do. But uh, but yeah, I found myself really feeling very uneasy. Um, I mean, I was happy, but also like there was this kind of fidgeting energy I think it was also the pressure of um the pressure of a new job and you know you want to do it justice so bad and you know all those societal pressures that we put on ourselves and just ridiculousness and I think I was just very anxious you know happy but but anxious yeah yeah, so so I had some pretty pretty dark times in that hotel in those hotel rooms alone, um, and uh, so yeah, so maybe that was a manifestation of like what was surrounding me, you know, in terms of like I don't want to say paranormal normal because it's pretty normal that those things are around, you know. <laughs> I think we we think that they're yeah. far away, but they're not, you know. Um, so yeah, so I had some some dark moments, and maybe that was a, uh, yeah, a manifestation of what was surrounding me that I was not actively seeing at the moment. Empathic. Yeah, we had a. Um, yeah, I saw I saw a UFO there when I was staying there. Uh, what you would call a uh, an orb. Um, and I've seen all sorts of. Wow funky stuff throughout my existence. The crazy thing about the orb was I was sitting with the, I'm not going to call her out unless she wants me to, but I was sitting with uh, someone from the cast and it was Mm -hmm. midnight around then we were smoking a joint and we were talking. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. We were talking about this shit. We were talking about Whoa. supernatural stuff. We were talking, of, she mentioned that when she meditates, you know, she uh, sees certain, um, she, she sees these, you know, some, some kind of, uh, you know, energy anomalies and, and, and as we're fucking talking about it, she opens her eyes and looks up and goes, oh, my God, Dan. And then wow. I turn around and there's this fucking mini star just floating there um, right above the wow. tree line. And kind of aquamarine colored. And it was almost like 
were you talking about me? <laughs> he came at it. It was like, oh, I, I heard you. I was in outer space, and I heard you guys talking about me. <laughs> and I just wanted to say hi. That's what it felt like. Wow. Like, and then it, it, it was totally, it felt totally benevolent. It wasn't like it came to scoop us up and, and, and probe us. It was just there to, it was almost like it was just like, hey, yeah, you're right. This stuff exists. Okay, see you later. Um, wow. And there's, you know, recently, recently there's just been a lot of sightings, you know, um, Rio, uh, Brazil, got shitload of, like, uh, there, there's just. Where can a, I read about a, those? Can you send me some links on, and stuff like that? Hell yeah. Go on Twitter. And just do hashtag, you know, um, UFO disclosure, something like that. And because it, they, they recently, uh, the military just recently put out several videos, three videos, um, which are the most common ones, but they put out a lot of them. And they put out these videos saying, yep. These are, these are UFOs. We don't know what they are, where they're from, and we don't have this technology. They just they put it out there. <laughs> and, uh, so, so, you know, and, they're, and if you go on Instagram and if you, you know, look up any of these hashtags, UFO, UFOlogy, there's videos from all over the fucking place. And if half of them are real, then there's, there's definitely something going on. Um, yeah, yeah, give me I've one had... sec. Let me give me one sec. Mama, it's like it's demasiado calor y me preocupa. Nothing. I just told my mom to go. Um, she was working in the yard, but I want it's too hot out here, so I don't want her to be out here. It's too much. You just answered um, me like I asked you a question. Did you realize that? <laughs> did, you, did you ask me? No, I did in my head, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, so and you, an- I'm and you answered correct you answered correct uh, in my head I was like I wonder what she's saying and then you just answered yeah, what I needed to hear being out here the sun here is is, um, is hardcore um, well I'm one of those people who doesn't listen call me crazy but I don't think we landed on the moon you don't think we landed on the moon eh <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm kind so, of obsessed. Man. I'm kind of obsessed with the moon. Um, and we can go, we can jump down that rabbit hole for, for a little bit here. I'm just wondering if, uh, why, why are you curious about the moon? And if you've had, if you've seen any paranormal, supernatural things in your time? Well, apparently, um, this woman passed away, but uh, when I was, like, four, um, my – I have two brothers, and they're older, and they're twins. They're, like, six years older. And one day, uh, my mom's friend, who had a kid, asked my mom if she could bring me and the boys, the boys and my brothers, to the beach. And my mom was, like, very cautious because, you know, and this is back in Puerto Rico because the beach, you know, it's dangerous and she was going to be taking care of, like, four kids at the same time, watching four kids by the beach, you know? 
Um, but my mom really trusted this woman, and uh, she said yes. So apparently, um, I don't remember this. Like, I have images, sort of, but I don't know if they were, like, created from the stories that I was told. But apparently, we went to the beach, and she forgot something in the car. And the car was, there was, like, a, not a highway, but there was, like, a road between the car and the beach. And she grabbed me and she was like, let's go get the thing in the car. So we crossed the road and she let, she bends down to grab the thing in the car and she let go of my hand for a second. And apparently I walked into the middle of the road and there was a truck coming and she heard the truck and she turns around and sees me in front, like in, in the road and the truck is coming. And apparently at that point, she knew that she couldn't grab me. Like she knew intrinsically that she wasn't going to have enough time to grab me and get me out of the road. So she just fell to her knees and she started praying to uh, this virgin Lourdes. Um, And she started praying to her and she opens her eyes and she sees a man grab me and take me to the other side of the road. And when the and when the truck passes, I was just standing there alone. And Whoa. yeah. And she she was so sure that she saw that that she actually carved me. She she passed away from cancer, uh, after that, but uh she carved me in wood, this Lourdes virgin and I still have it. And in the bottom, she wrote, um, for Paola, I hope the, the Virgin of Lourdes is always watching over you. So that, wow. that is one, yeah. And, you know, she had, she had no reason to make that up. You know, why would you tell somebody that you let my hand go and that I went to the middle of the road? Why would you tell somebody's mother that, you know? <laughs> All right. You would just keep that to yourself and say, like, nah, she's fine. Everything was fine. But no, she yeah. was so Yeah, right? No, it was a great day at the beach. She she really she was moved by that. And uh so that's one of one of the things in in my life wow. that that has always stayed with me, you know. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Well you name what that about you? saint. Um, yeah. Ghosts man. I've had all sorts of interesting interactions with entities. Um, I heard I was I I, I did an uh, interview with a guy once <clears throat> whose deal was that he saw dead people and he was visited by a ghost wow. when he was very young. And the ghost was sitting there. He's a very nice guy. And the kid, um, you can, it's on YouTube. You can, you can find this guy. He, he, he woke up in his bed and he, and the ghost says, you can see me, can't you? And the kid says, yeah, yeah. He goes, uh, do you want to know how, mm-hmm. you want to know how this all, you want to know how this all works? And he goes, yeah, yeah. Tell me. He goes, okay. So, it's kind of like that movie Ghost. <laughs> okay, 
And he says, uh, basically what happens is, is that if you die and you have done many, many positive things in your life and you die with that energy accumulated, then you are able to affect um, and help uh, in tangible ways your loved ones in the, wow. on the third dimension. Okay? But if you were a bastard and you were evil and did all sorts of shitty stuff, you, you're flimsy in the afterlife. You That's your punishment. You don't have enough uh, karmic energy to influence anything, and you have to earn it. Right? So you have to do good deeds in the afterlife in order to even be able to influence this life. Okay, wow. and then it's just like, um, so if you're a good person and you die and you do enough good deeds and you help your family, help little girls get across the street, if you do these things, then I guess you quote unquote earn your wings and you are able to travel to the next level, the next level, and you have enough uh, energetic currency to anchor you so you can travel but if you're uh, if you're evil then you're just just floating isn't that isn't that wild so if you're evil basically purgatory you're stuck if you say it again you're in purgatory you are it's almost like you're vapor vapor the evil the evil so it's funny it's like the evil ones if you believe this sort of thing the ghosts Mm -hmm. they have they have less influence on this plane. So I guess they have to, they make certain deals with whatever entities, you know, are influenced they could have on their new plane to gain more energy. You know, it's all about gaining, um, it's like you change your body. It's like your body changed, you know. It's just like uh, on this plane when you exercise your muscles and you, you know, you put energy into making this body, uh, the body's endurance and um, and uh, this body strong in order to adapt to this plane. Same thing goes for the next plane. You continue you to. Yeah. Uh, you know what's interesting? Uh, I was going to say this, but my mom was out here, and I didn't want to say it in front of her because um, she gets worried about what I'm about to tell you. But um, I've been practicing fasting um, and not, you know, I it's been like sometimes I go 24 hours, sometimes 48, whatever, um, sometimes 48, um, and... Um, when I, the other day I was in the bathtub and I, have you ever done extended fasting? I've done 24 hours. It's the most I can do. Um, yeah, that's okay. how I lost yeah, yeah, yeah. the weight of intermittent fasting. Uh, but yeah. Alternate no, I, day uh, fasting? Yeah, you, you get to, I got to a point where I was so clear that I felt like Crazy. I didn't need I didn't need any food. I could just run on 
the because my my body was suddenly more efficient because it wasn't wasting energy digesting shit. I was able to focus on I had more brain power, something like that. What were you about to say? Which is interesting because the brain is, I believe, the brain uses up most of the calories in our body. Apparently, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Um, well, who knows? But uh, you know, and I don't recommend excessive. Tra- I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I'm not recommending extended fasting to anyone. You know, it depends on like so many things, so many factors that you have to look into. But I've been doing it, and man, just like the clarity and the moment. I've had two moments of like just I looked up to the sky, and it was like out-of-body experience. And I was not – I wasn't under the influence of anything other than than just being. Um. And then I had a moment in the bathtub where, like, everything turned gray, like, on the side. And all I could see is, like, the ceiling. And I was like, wait, am I fainting right now? Am I passing out? Is that what's happening? But it wasn't that. It was, I mean, in so many other cultures, when you look at the past, like, there's many ancient cultures that practice this. It's, it's, You're talking I don't know, about it's interesting. You're talking about astral projections. Perhaps, perhaps. I, I'm i not sure what to name it, but... Um, well, but out of I body experience. More, uh-huh. An out-of-body experience, that's, that's... If you're looking down at your body, and you're flying around, that's astral projection. That's... Um, your soul has left your body. It's tethered to your body by an umbilical... Um, but you can travel the universe like that. And um, when you are in the bathtub and you're lying down in that dream position, um, they say, which is where, why they do baptisms and water, that water amplifies the spiritual connection. Wow. Yeah. Your pineal gland, your third eye, is basically filled with, it's like a, it's filled with liquid, you know, and it's filled with receptors for light. And then that combination of light and water. Yeah, um, water reflects light. Yeah, so that little microcosm of pineal gland, the little tub of water in your mind, and then you immerse yourself in a tub of water. It's just like the um, <laughs> sensory depth tanks, you know, when you sit in the, you float in the little pill-shaped tank. And it I haven't goes done dark. that yet. Have you? No, I want to. Um, I know, but, right? uh but that's what it is. You're floating in space, and it's like a, it's like a, it's like Russian dolls. You know, you're. So we all live in a yellow submarine. It's like that's the yellow right. submarine. You know, we're, 
we've got a yellow submarine in our head, the pineal gland, and we put ourselves in a yellow submarine capsule with water. With meta. Yeah, that is, uh, that creates, like, it's like a Tesla coil, you know, that's like, that creates an electromagnetic response, and then it amplifies your abilities. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's amazing. You think pools are safe right now? Pools? Like, like like that? Chlorinated pools? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they're fine. I think this is, um, I think this is uh, a bad flu with an, uh, a, a, an overreaction. This is this is a bad flu, and the reaction to it is unheard of in all of history, except in certain wartime scenarios, where you quarantine the healthy. What the fuck? You you're so supposed you, to quarantine yeah. the sick. That's where we're at right yeah, now. We're in a we're but nobody a knows who's sick or not. Right? <laughs> well, everyone's got a coronavirus simply because of what we eat, because of what's in the air. Yep. I'll tell you, they test anyone right now, everyone's going everyone's gonna to be positive. Because everyone has these viruses floating in their systems. Because that's how, the, that's how the human inner universe works, man. We are a, we are a bunch of fucking bacteria and viruses and fucking cancer cells living and dying every single day. We are all of these things. It's part of us. And now they want to test for it. (laughs) Come on, man. Everyone's going to be positive. It's like in The Walking Dead. It's just like in The Walking Dead when the episode where... Yeah, he whispers to him, we all have it. Everyone's infected. (laughs) You know what? That is such a good impression. We are, man. Everybody is. Everybody is. Because it's part of us. So how do you treat it? You're treating it with a goddamn... It's being treated totally ludicrously. But if you look at how it's being treated, then you can see, oh, this is all about control. This is how you herd sheep. But who... Okay, so... But... But is who's controlling us? That's the thing. Right, Trump is Trump, right? I mean, he's, he is what he is. Right? Um, take him, yeah. take him, relieve him. He is, he is what he is, and I think right now, I I think that. You have to you have to think about what JFK was got killed for. That's that's where that's what we're fighting here. We're we're in the middle of a of a system that has um, been usurped. It has been usurped for a long time, and I think that. If you look at it's it's fucked up. You look at 
textbook analysis of how to control the masses. This is it, man. This is it. Since the since kings and queens existed. You know? Fucking uh bread and circus. Got your Super Bowl, you know? You fucking keep them sick, keep them stupid, keep them uneducated, mm-hmm. kill them off when they're too many, incite a riot so they kill themselves off. It's like, uh, wow. con- you know, divide and conquer, keep them fighting with each other so they don't, they don't realize we're stealing from them. I mean, it's like fucking, you ever seen, uh, oh. it's, it's all happening. It's all the same. It's, it's, it's it's all the same playbook. And I'm just like, I'm all for change. I'm all for revolution. But the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, thinking you're going to get a different reaction. Different results, yeah. If we don't learn oh, from I- our mistakes, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you if you were a gamer, but that's for another topic. A gamer? Yeah. I, um, like video games? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, no, but but let's continue on on that. No, uh, I I mean, I played Grand Theft Auto Vice City for like two months straight straight in college and almost didn't graduate. So, yeah. I, I'm not a, I, I can't game because I get addicted. But I, if I could, yeah. I would be. Why? No, because I'm playing Zelda right now, and it's really interesting. Oh, the Breath new of one? The Wild. Yeah. Oh, I used to play the old, old one. Um, yeah. But we've been, Oh, the Super uh, Nintendo one. Go ahead. We've been, we've been talking for a little while. I mean, we could talk about the moon. We could talk about all sorts of stuff, but I, I don't know. I'm just in a, I'm in a mood. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a wacky mood. Um, I appreciate you, uh, uh, dealing with my mood. <laughs> uh, no, no, man. I miss talking to people that are not around me 24 seven. Yeah. Man, talking to somebody else, we I forgot how how enlightening it is. I hope I wish that I hope we get to work together more uh on the show. We really yeah. you know I don't think uh, we unless I unless I my character finds his way over to where you guys are I don't know how that's gonna happen. Um, well you're part I, of I Yumiko's crew. You were part of Yumiko's crew, so yeah, but well, we probably. split up. There was yeah, the whole we kind of all went our separate ways. There was like a rift, you know. Once yeah. the Magna and Yumiko kind of started having issues, then the whole band kind of started unraveling. Um, yeah, yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like on my own. I'm going off to like. I feel like I'm going <laughs> off. With Jewel somewhere. It's like, I'm going to start a family. Uh, I don't know what you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the ocean side. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to set up a beach house and pop out some rugrats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. But hopefully we'll get to work together. Um yeah. is there anything that, that is there anything that you wanna that you wanna talk about or is there anything that you're working on now that you wanna um just, you know, a little PR yeah. for yourself? Or? No, the only thing is, you know, I'm writing the music and that's pretty much it. I've been like in self reflection mode and um but this conversation has inspired me to go back to writing, so hopefully I can finish some projects off, you know? Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. This is the time. This is the time to hunker down. I'm getting a lot done, even though I'm homeschooling my kids, and it's insane. Um, I can't even well, imagine. shit. <laughs> I mean... You don't think okay, how about this? Let's 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 end on the moon and then we'll wrap it up here. Okay. My the moon. You don't think we even landed there, right? You you believe in the Van Allen belts and you believe that they faked the moon landing and listen, yeah. I uh we only see one side of the moon. That's just weird to me. We're in like a hammer throw relationship with the moon. Whereas every other celestial body out there spins and we see all sides of it, but for some reason we only see one side of the fucking moon at all times. That's just weird to me. I don't care how they explain it scientifically. We should be able to see one fucking inch of the other side of the moon. Am I right? Yep. Yeah, um, I just... I Something about it just does not make sense to me. There's a lot about it. There's a lot about it. The, the circumference of it, the size of it doesn't make sense with how it orbits us. You know, it, if it was, the, the, if you the, if you measure the energy of the light that comes off the sun, which we're told, uh, comes off the moon, which we're told is reflected sunlight, it, it's not reflected sunlight. It's a totally different kind of light. It's a it's a it's, it emits emits cold light which is very odd. Like if you, if it's a cold night, it's colder inside the sun, inside the moonbeam than it is outside of the moonbeam. Okay. And if, if it was reflecting yeah, the sun's rays, if it was It'd reflecting the sun's rays, that would not be the case. There's so much about it. Um, I, uh, yeah, there's, there's a whole thing where uh, Stanley Kubrick, was mm-hmm. supposedly be, he was tapped by NASA to recreate the moon landing, um, and the actual footage of the moon landing it looks like there were Easter eggs hidden to show us that this was faked, like reflections of fucking that, you know, uh, reflections of like Hollywood rigged lighting and shadows and yeah. all sorts of weird places. You never see the fucking stars in any of that footage because if you saw the stars, you'd know where the moon was. You never see the stars. Yeah. They're always blacked out. Always blacked out. You know, there's a lot of issues with the moon. The, the um, you ever you, you, you like the movie The Shining? Of course. Yes. Nicholson, you know The Shining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I said, of course, yeah. Okay. That was supposedly... There's a documentary about it. 
um, I think it's called Room. Uh, you know that room that Danny goes into. Red room. He's not supposed to go yeah, into. Yeah, yeah, Red Room. Well, the, the, well, that's Red Room. That's murder backwards. But there's a room that they said mm-hmm. don't ever go into this fucking room, and it's room two uh-huh. two three eight or something. Um, that's the name of the documentary. And in that room are the secrets of the hotel. The, the ghost is there, the old lady. It's like, don't go in that fucking room. You'll unleash the beast. Um, and, of course, Nicholson goes straight in there. Um, <laughs> so they say that they say that uh, Kubrick, because he did film the, the moon landing, the one that we all saw on television, the one that we're all familiar with, and because uh-huh. he wasn't, and because he wasn't allowed to um, say that he did it, which and, it, and it's you know it's arguably his greatest piece of work that he'll never be able to 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 say that to own that he can't he can't own it, and yeah. they say that he, that they made that he made The Shining to give hints. As Oh wow! To, give hints to the American people, that he actually filmed the moon landing. One of the big wow. fucking hints. One of the big hints in the movie is, and it's fucking crazy when you watch it. It's the biggest reveal in the movie, where Danny sees the two twins. If you look at that uh-huh. movie, the ball the ball rolls in, right? Okay, uh-huh. the carpet, the carpet that Danny is sitting on, it's. Kubrick brought that carpet in special. They were like, all right, fuck, the, the, the hotel has its own carpet, but you need this fucking carpet. Okay, it's Kubrick. They brought this <laughs> carpet in. If you take the pattern, the hexagonal pattern on the uh-huh. carpet, and you place it over the landing strips at NASA, it's a perfect match. Okay? Whoa. So that's the, that's, that's the carpet. The sweater that Danny is wearing is a rocket that says USA on it. Okay. Oh my God. The shot is us lowering down as Danny stands up, noticing the evil secret of the hotel. It looks as if the rocket is taking off. So. Yo, I gotta see this documentary and then rewatch the film. Yeah, you gotta see it. Yeah. My, my, nowadays, I'm just like, it's all of the above. We actually yeah. did go to the moon, and we found some crazy ancient alien shit there. And to cover it up, they showed us this other thing that Kubrick created. That, that's what I believe. Because I, I just I feel like there is no simple answer. And if I just... yeah blanket statement, it's all real, then I, I cover all my bases. All right, that's that's your homework. Go see that documentary. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I will. Hey, I hope you had fun. I had I had a good time talking Yo, this was awesome. I needed this. I needed to talk to somebody outside of my family unit, you know? Um, Me too. So I appreciate it very much. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Good. Hey, uh, I hope you write your greatest play right now. 
and for whatever you write. And I can't, you know, give you a, a, uh, an air hug. I don't know. Next time I see, you, I don't know what was going to happen, but hopefully we'll be in, no uh, air hug. Atlantis soon. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be a six foot air hug. That's what I'll send at you. Yeah. Right. Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to party. And I strongly recommend CBDs or something just to ease yeah. the anxiety. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Think about it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having right, me on, on your on your show. My pleasure, little Lazarus. You've got the coolest thing <laughs> so far. <laughs> Yo, I love it. I love it. I'm going to use that. You should. All right. Awesome. I'll talk okay, to you Okay, take care, thank man. You. Thank you. Bye. All right, break legs.